all those ping pong balls. A trailer filled with a cat. <laughs> oh no. Do I, need to, do I need to grab the book? Oh no, Julia is broken. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide, Disco Citizens, the podcast where gorehounds and best friends, Terry Gamble and Julia Marchesi, break down a different horror movie each week, exploring a multitude of genres, subgenres, and sub-subgenres, classic and cult, international and underground flicks alike, determining which films are the goriest, and offering up Horror Movie Survival Guide tips to, to help, help you stay alive. Hey there, Disco Citizens. Welcome to another fabulous episode of Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry, and we have Miss Julia. This week we are talking about 1963's Blood Feast, the title of the episode. Have you ever had an Egyptian feast? I am so excited we're doing this. Go on. But I just like, I'm just like, I just have to pause and just be like, this is a big moment, y'all. For the people who don't know, we'll this is like we'll get into it. Julia's childhood movie. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, um, Explain so much about you, and I'm so happy we're doing it, this right now. Okay. As so, you were. The tagline for this movie You'll recoil and shudder as you witness the slaughter and mutilation of nubile young girls in a weird and horrendous ancient rite. Gives me chef's kiss. This is how you do a tagline. This is how you make people want to watch your movie. Herschel Gordon Lewis. He was the one of the writers, also with David F. Freeman and Louise Down. He is known to some as the godfather of Golor. He invented this kind of splatter genre. This movie is from 1963. It's really early for splatter, which is uh, incredible. So uh, this is a video nasty. We should point that out. It's also Stephen King has said it's one of the worst movies he's ever seen. Can you explain video nasty? What is that oh. for the people who do not know what that means out in the world? Okay, so Video Nasties in uh, the 80s, I believe, uh, the UK government put out this list of movies that were banned because they were so disgusting. Uh, so, you know, if you got on this list, those, and so it's become a kind of, it kind of backfired because it became this thing like, of course, I want to see those movies now, right? Like, of course, you say I can't watch these. Of course, I'm going to watch these. It's like when like, you ban a book, like everyone's like, oh, let's go find that fucking book because if they don't want me to read it, I have to read it. Exactly. Now. I don't know if you remember the year that we lived in England, which is 99, 2000, uh, Clark Orange was re-released because it was released in the 70s and there was so much copycat violence that they banned it, they pulled it. And so it hadn't been shown since then. So none of my friends had seen it, which was bananas. Like I sat and they were like, I was like, I saw this when I was like 12 on on, on VHS and they had never seen it. Very crazy. So this wow. is a video nasty, one of the movies you're not supposed to be watching. But for some reason, so I I was not really into horror until I read like Pet Cemetery It Carrie when I was like 11. Before that, not my jam, scared me, didn't like it. But for some reason, and I still, I asked my parents about this recently and nobody could really, my brother as well, we couldn't really come up with an answer why we used to watch Blood Feast. And we used to say to each other all the time, have you ever had an Egyptian feast? And it became this thing. And I was like, what? Watching this movie now, I'm like, what the fuck was that? But we thought it was so funny. We really made fun of it. And it was like a jokey movie to us. And I don't understand. It doesn't fit in with the rest of my family lore at all. Like my dad doesn't like gore movies, so I don't understand. But here we are. 
You all are wonderful. I love the Marquesi family so much. I love you all so much. And this is just such a weird, fun little outlier. And that's beautiful. And the strangest, most wonderful thing. But I think maybe we all have that random thing. Maybe it was like a VHS somewhere. I think that's like one of those things of like growing up 80s kids. Um, I think somebody posted like something about that on Twitter. Like, what was the what were the 10 VHS that you had at your house or whatever? You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, like on rotation. Like if you were like, you know, you went to your grandma's and like, that's what she had. So you watched that movie every time you were there or whatever it was because we didn't have, you know, the internet as we have now, you know, it's like there were those movies that you just kind of were touchstones for you just because yeah. randomly somebody had it or showed it to you and everyone has the one and they're all different because it wasn't that same monoculture of like everyone having that one movie. There was always some random thing that was at your video store that you all had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that's that for me, it was like, you know, like those random eighties movies, like uh, Disney, sorry, those sixties movies from, from Disney, like the happiest millionaire uh, uh-huh. is like my family weird thing that we like would just put on. And like, I watched that uh, umpteenth the number of times could probably do the whole movie for you backwards and forwards. Um, and so many of my friends are like, what are you talking about? What is this movie? Yeah, it's it's a it's very strange, but here we are. And I have to say, I I love Herschel Gordon Lewis for he's you know gives you that kind of William Castle B movie. We're gonna sell it hard to you, and it's gonna. But this one, I feel like it delivers. Right? It gives you the it gives you the production value in the TNA. It gives you all the gore that you want. It gives you actors. Performers. The actors are phenomenal. I and that's the wonderful thing about this movie is I cannot tell if it's bad or not. Like I can't, I think their performances are really, really bad. I think Suzette's terrible, but I think the rest of them, like, I can't tell if you're bad or not. It's the same. It's like camp. The, the, it is it, camp. It's, it's the same so feeling of like, queer. like Valley of the Dolls where I'm like, I can't tell if these performances are good or bad. They're somewhere in between. And it's very, very strange. Um, I should, Lynn Bolton. I, should, <laughs> I know. Dorothy Fremont, her face just alone is Oh, it slays me. The costumes in this film, amazing. Uh, we, I should also give a giant shout out to Doug at Vidiots, who, when we were talking about Blood Feast, lent me his copy of the novelization of this movie, which I did not know existed, which I read. And if you get the chance to read it, I highly recommend it because that book is funny as fuck that book really knows what it's doing like the camp version you mentioned that's what it's talking about so the opening and and also sorry one more thing before we jump in blood diner as well um is a riff on this which we covered as well um when we um back a while back because we i talked about it remember with peaches christ as well too this is one of their movies they they champion so this has got a a great lineage of other stuff you can devour once you've done this so yes as you were miss julia so so as you know i am i am utterly nerdily academic and and i have some some two passages from this book that i think will tell you the feeling of this book entirely the first is the opening of the blood feast novelization which is it was a lousy day for gloria Thursday, April 14th, everything had gone wrong. She was late for work, caught a run in her stocking, got an overdraft notice from the bank, lost her umbrellas, learned that Carl wouldn't be able to keep their dinner date, and at 9.14 p.m., she was murdered. Nothing ever seemed to go right. And I was like, okay. So we have a tone here that I was not expecting. And then it gets weirder. Fuad Ramses, who was our star, who we will meet uh, in a moment, when they introduce him in the book, He was a frugal man and lavished himself with an incredible variety of luxuries, including gigantic sponges, solid gold sheeted wall coverings, 100 pound bags of cashew nuts, a trailer filled with ping pong balls, which he (laughs) 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 (laugh
pink balls. And a trailer filled with gossip. All those ping pong balls. A trailer filled with I can't. <laughs> oh no. Do I need to do I need to grab the book? Oh no, Julia is broken. She's fully uh, broken. A trailer filled with ping pong balls, which he later dumped from the top of the prudential building. Uh rubber falsies of varying sizes with which he covered the walls and floors of his entire room. The snarkiness and the texture of fucking weirdness that rubber that falsies? What kind of rubber falsies are everywhere? It reminds me like Blind Beast, right? You just have like a room full of big tits. Like I don't even understand. I would are they dildos? Are they tits? What what do they got? Oh my god. So the movie is incredibly B movie, right? It it it's so low budget, which I love about it. The book makes it seem like it's this like got these deep characters with all these arcs going on and it's all every now every chapter is from a different character's point of view it was really great i was i was expecting it to be fluff and i was like oh this is actually really fucking good it made me feel different about this movie so there you are oh my god that's amazing that's amazing to have that like get you another layer a a, a, a deep deeper layer in depth uh for you if you will um that's amazing julia all right all right Should, should we start with some murders Oh my God, let's get into the murders. Radio at the beginning of the movie. I love radio, like any good horror movie, right? Giving you reports of a murder. Horror movie survivor guy tip, always listen to the radio because when they say a murder's on the loose, then that women, women should stay inside with their doors locked. But stay like, home tonight. Be alert if you go out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, in, in the first minute of this movie, you got a lady getting undressed for her bath. We know we're in for a good time within the first minute. But of course, she's going to be terribly murdered in this bathtub. I gouged out. They hacks her leg off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really the gore is not bad. Like it and for the time period, especially. And they really linger on it, which is great. Right. Like it's not like a cutaway. It's like, oh, we're going to really show you what this looks like. I love and her it. heart gets cut out. Uh, yeah. You know, all, all the goods. And then all of a sudden it's like there's a pyramid. Wait, what? What's going on here? Are we thinking about Egypt? Ooh, this movie's got a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, we meet our, our our titular villain, Fuad Ramses, played by Mild Arnold, with incredible fury, with overpowering that terrible gray hair dye that he is being. Why do they try to make him look older? He can be the age he is. I would still believe it. It's not like he's 19 playing, you know, 50. I don't These know, are maybe it I feels have. more menacing. I don't know. There's something about like the gray haired villain. Oh, wait, I have gray hair. Am I the villain? Oh, am I the villain? Oh, I would shit. like it. You're, you would be a good villain. I'll follow yeah. you. Yeah, I think so too. Cassie is your villain. So I'm ready to be your villain. I'm, I'm a good witch. Good or a bad witch. Mm-hmm. So this was all of that was before the credits. I might ask. That was your, that was your opening credit. Oh, yeah. And then the, we, oh, we, we also saw out- books she was reading while she's in the bath. She's reading a book called Ancient Weird Religious Rites. Um, just remember this book because it's going to come Which back a bunch. I would read it. I don't normally read in the bath, but I, you know. I anyway, mm-hmm. seven killings in two weeks. Cops are flummoxed. When we talk about, and I've talked about this in the last several episodes, about my feelings on useless cops and horror movies. And these are some of the most useless I have ever seen. Like, I think about Last House on the Left. They're kind of my benchmark of, like, useless cops. But these... Wow. Because at least the last house on the left ones are trying to be comic, even though they're not hitting that mark at all. These guys, 
Like, how are they even cops? They're so stupid. I think it's hilarious. And that's what I think that's the point is to show how stupid these guys are. And I think that's why the cops stepped in eventually, you know, trying to make themselves look better on screen because of, of depictions like this. These guys are fucking terrible. Um, well, and I, I love them talking what... about this long, hard, hard one. This case has been a long, hard one. And I just love the way they're talking about the case being long and hard and difficult. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, guys, talk to, talk some more. That's why they're there, Julia. It is not <laughs> to, to hinder the movie. It's to give us some fun little moments like that. <laughs> but I think I think you hit the nail on your head when you say it's camp because a like, camp implies that they have some knowledge that this is going overboard, right? Like they're making fun of stupid cops in horror movies by making these the stupidest there are. So it isn't, there is a level of, of meta-ness where they're seeing what these characters are on top of this. We meet uh, Fuad who has an exotic catering company who specializes to ladies who lunch, very, very wealthy ladies, including Mrs. Dorothy Fremont, who is having a party for her daughter, Suzette, and wants to have a very exotic catering, not like anybody else has, but he says... Have you ever had an Egyptian, an Egyptian feast? feast? And she says, no, but you know what? My daughter, Suzette, she's actually studying Egyptian culture right now. Um, she would love that. Um, that would be phenomenal. Her friends would just lose their minds, you know, if I did this kind of party. Um, and it's of that era, you know, where the ladies do want to do something exotic, fun. Um, you know, I imagine like these are people who would throw a luau in their backyard or something like that. Right. Like just like to like gag their friends, you know, be like, oh, my God, we're having this party. It's going to be a theme. It's cute. Um, yeah. You know, life before cable, you guys. I don't like really. See, <laughs> I don't really see Suzette or uh, or her her boyfriend as uh, either of them as the kind of people who would go to these kind of lectures. But we'll let that slide and say that they're going to these lectures of pharaohs. Talking I imagine about- it's like very like in Dirty Dancing when like the sister goes and takes that hula class like at her cat skills thing. I feel like it's like we're doing that real authentic thing where it's just like you know someone's come in and it's like shilling something to them. Who knows how authentic it really is, right? Like sure. I don't know. So we talk about this goddess Ishtar, who used to be very popular in Egypt, and he had she had this whole thing where she would have uh, these priestesses who would come and and it would be a altar sacrificial deliciousness week of debauchery uh, leading up to lots of sacrifice. All the yeah, and I think it's something like every five thousand years or something like that. It was this special dinner. Um, and like, you know, the people would be in a trance as they dance around and have this feast for the goddess. Um, yeah. Who Fuad yeah. happens to worship. His <gasps> he altar, does? His altar <laughs> is pretty sweet. We get a lot of altars in, in horror movies. And I would say that this one's a pretty good one. Shout out to whoever designed this statue. And uh, Fuad, we had this, uh, we just covered last week, we covered Maniac, and which opens on a couple on a beach getting killed by our our villain Uh, this also i was like oh same kind of deal you've got a couple making out on the beach and you're just going to get macheted uh she's going to get macheted and he's going to come back and find her macheted and freak out and she also again like last time too she wants to go home she's like dude there's a killer out i don't feel good about this and he's like i'll protect you blah 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 i'm like dude no no uh y'all are about to die no he's like frankie valley like he's not going to do anything you know he's just he's he's cute but mm -mm. So of course they get, so now, so we, we figure out what he's doing and this is kind of uh, similar in like a Frankenstein kind of way where you're like finding body parts for specific reasons. So he is building a woman out of these d- different women. Yeah. He just takes he one piece together. 
Yeah, I used to be seeing them together again, like very like, you know, Sunset the Lambsy, Ed Geeny, kind of like you're getting different things that you need, you know, to create this perfect woman um, to, uh, you know, bring Ishtar back to life. Um, so the cops are interviewing people again, ineptitude. Um, they interview the parents and, you know, about these kids and um, are they part of any clubs, organizations? They're like, oh, they're part of this book club, but they kind of gloss over that. Remember, guys, there was a book that girl was reading. Oh, my God. Maybe there's a connection. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so we need some more body count in this movie so let's throw in a sailor and a lady who are going up to a hotel to have a good time we haven't mentioned by the way uh the hair the hair i want all the hair in this movie of course the the bouffant gloriousness i study it and i still can't figure out how they do it and make it this perfect puffball just delightful uh this one is a good one maybe my favorite kill in this movie is that he takes it sticks his tongue her his fingers down her throat and pulls her tongue out with his bare hands very nice and she just bleeds out and you're like uh okay that's all you need He's like, yep, just needed that tongue. I know, I know she's got a good one. Like, okay. <laughs> and and there we are that we have, and then and our poor drunk sailor, he's going to come back and find that. Uh, so we have the dinner party is Saturday night. So they're going to take this, they are going to take the minds off of these terrible killings by having yeah, a dinner party. Yeah. She's like, mom, like, I don't know. And, you know, and then um, she's like, I don't know. And she's like, no, 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 I'm going to take your mind off. It's going to have this great dinner party this weekend. You know, as Suzette is complaining about the murders and all stress, she's like, don't worry, honey. We're going to have this big, beautiful feast. It's going to be so great. It's going to be such a big surprise. Um, and Suzette's like, oh, I've got to go to my class about Egyptian gods. Talk today. Bye, mom. Like, I mean, we like- did we did talk about a few episodes ago about uh, how I took a class on plagues uh, for fun. You know, when we talked about Black Death. So, you know. Sometimes you look like an angel and you just want to learn about terrible, horrible things. Yeah. And I don't, these are not all necessarily terrible. They're learning about like pharaohs and all that kind of stuff too. So um, they go to the lecture and um, they find out about, you know, um, Ramses talks about the soldiers who were drowned in the Red Sea and, you know, about, you know, Egyptian history and kind of what happened um, and talks about the mother of the veiled darkness, the goddess of love and beauty, Ishtar, and she thrived on blood. Um, and all this, and they go into all, all, all the, all the madness of the blood feast and what it's like, um, and how Ishtar would rise again with the feast. So he's literally educating them on what he's freaking doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> right in front of them. Um, I, I'm not clear mm-hmm. on what he thinks Ishtar will do for him once he, she comes back to life. Like, what well, he is- just knows he's one of he's he's got to be you know got he's got to bring her because that's his his goddess and it's time right. And he's been called forth. Also, though, during this moment. Uh, Suzette and Pete, the cop who's also taking the class, are uh, flirting. <laughs> yeah, they've, they're, they're apparently boyfriend, girlfriend, right? Because they drive her out to the car and she's like, I don't feel comfortable, but they're making out a bit. And then they hear on the radio that there's been another murder and it breaks him up. Um, yeah. It, it, so you you have to suspend a lot of disbelief in this movie about who's doing what and what they're reading and who they're dating. And you go, OK, we're moving forward. Uh so yeah, yeah, the, the yeah the the, the uh, motives, the motivation for everyone is a little loosey goosey in this movie. But what is great, death. Um, so they hear the radio report and they drive off. Um, Janet, a girl with half her face gone, um, is uh, you know it, wild eyes. So that's mm-hmm. all we remember. We do see we have seen Fuad's hypnotism with his with his big old eyes, and she's able to say parts together. For e- it was for Etar is what she can say. She can't quite say Ishtar because she doesn't have her tongue quite right because her face is all fucked up from getting, uh, uh, you know, mutilated by uh, Fuad. Um, 
And mm-hmm. we cut straight from that to bikini pool party. Lots of girls in bikinis. Let's shoot from above so we can see down their tops. Okay, it's the best. And they're just little little white rich girls having their little bikini pool party talking about their their upcoming big old party that mom's throwing. Mom oh likes to throw parties. It's a surprise. I don't know what mom's going to do for me, but it's supposed to be really fun. She's doing something out of sight. I can't wait. Oh, be careful, though, because there's a killer on the loose. So be careful going home, girls. Um, you know, just letting you walk home on your own when a killer running loose should be fine. Yeah, you're not going to get killed like immediately as you walk out of the party. So this is Trudy, Trudy who is tied up to the wall and whipped. And Fuad is saying, give yourself to the goddess and catching the blood in a cup. So now the cop, uh, our dim, dim cop, finally puts it together. Itar, Ishtar, maybe she was saying Ishtar. Ishtar. Yeah. Um, and Suzette's devastated as well because her friend Trudy just died. But she's still excited about a feast on this weekend. It's going to get her mind off of her best friend, one of her best friends being murdered. Okay. Silver lining, right? <laughs> uh, so the cops yeah. head to the Ra- Ramsey's catering and uh, find the altar and Trudy all fucked up. So it is time for this Egyptian feast. We are at the party. We have talked about this whole movie. And he says he wants, Fuad just wants to take Suzette into the kitchen. And uh, could you just lay down for me? We're just going to have a little fun. It's just like what we would do, uh, you know, 5,000 years ago. But we're just, we're just playing. We're just having fun. Yeah, it's like part of the experience of the feast. And she's like, uh, okay, sure, I guess. But like a little hesitant. But then she like eventually acquiesces. Um, and he has her like try to say this chant for Ishtar. But she's having a hard time like copying him. She's not taking it as seriously because she's just like, oh, this is funny. This is like, where's the food? Because there's no food in the kitchen. And there's supposed to be this big feast. Uh, and there's not a damn food. It's like emperor's no clothes like moment. She's like, mm-hmm. uh, what's going on? Um, but mom comes in just in time and finds Ramses with a machete about to take Suzette's head off while her eyes are closed trying to say this chant. Uh, and just says, oh, well, I guess we'll have to have hamburgers for dinner tonight because Ramses has run away. Mom already, this was this was a small blip in her party. She's going to overcome it and we are moving on. Curveball, going to make this party still happen no matter what. Um, and uh, the you know police officer shows up too, but Ramses runs and throws his machete and he hops into the back of a garbage truck. Uh, and uh, it gets, you know, dri- driven away. And then, uh, but that was probably not the right place to hop into because what do garbage trucks do? Crash. They smush you. So they he gets smushed very badly and they say he died a fitting death like the garbage he was. Mm-hmm. The killer then, killed like the garbage he was. Yeah. And then we get a shot at Ishtar crying blood. I don't know what it means, but I like it. It is fun to me because as i said like you can put this on at a party and people will have a blast you don't really need to know what's going on you kind of understand from what's going and so it's Her just eyes do a good amount of the acting especially for mal honor arnold <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll say huh he, that's what a performance um i still think it's hilarious that this was a movie from your childhood uh that y'all watched a bunch it is baffling, bonkers. baffling. it is so weird it's such a like um campy goodness i really enjoyed it it's such a strange movie uh Mm -hmm. from everything from like i think it's just that interesting time of like i just i think about the like again i keep thinking about the old disney movies but it feels like that time of like exoticism of like we're gonna make the tiki room we're gonna make like these like we have these kind of parties that are just Mm -hmm. like people want to feel like they're traveling or like um you know something people were bored they wanted something fun and exciting that you know 
get can get them up and an Egyptian feast sounds amazing and exotic and beautiful and cool. Yeah. And what a strange way to go. And I, I just love that they're there. This Herschel Gordon Lewis filled this kind of necessary gap in horror because this is this is very early for this kind of gory stuff. And I and I love that he went there and then continued this career for a very long time and really was a one of the most important people in gore. So I say, thank you. We really appreciate it because we want to bring gore to the people. Uh, and we should also shout out uh, Louise Down and Herschel Gordon Lewis themselves, who are the people who did the special effects. Herschel Gordon Lewis also did the music for this movie. So he oh, was, which is pretty great. Yeah. He was doing a lot of things. So oh, or and factor. epilogue. Oh. Hold on. Before you go there too, um, there, the cop has like a little epilogue and we talked about the book before ancient weird religious rites. And he, you know, kind of looks at that little thing. He's like, Oh, has this possessed anyone else yet? Because it's like they leave you a little open-ended, like, ooh, is it is it really over? Even even though, you know, this guy's gone, because it could have like he could have been like he could have been possessed as like the servant that had to get it done. So maybe the, it's been the, passed the on. Renfield, the Renfield, ooh. some might say. Oh, Julia, I see, see, I see, I see uh-huh. a little bit of your, you know, the guy who has to do all these things. And also I want to highly recommend Blood Diner too again, um, as a double feature. Because it's yeah. just like you're going to get like the punk rock version of this, too, even though I feel like this is its own version of punk rock. Uh, yeah. Three point punk rock is pretty, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, so gore factor. I uh, One, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two is a puddle of blood. Three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood. And five is run for the barf bag. Uh, five. Of course, this is a gore round. This is why we do it. Yeah. I mean, that's literally, literally the name of the round. And I am ever so proud. Gory. Yeah. These are all fives, pretty much ruining it, but not really. That's that's what we want. We want fives. We want mm-hmm. the blood. Give us the blood. Um, ratings: Chainsaws. One if you're desperate. Two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three seen worse, seen better. Four not too shabby. Five fantastic gore. Cal, this is a five for me, Julia. I pleasantly surprised. Uh, not surprised. I should know. Uh, based on your family's superb taste. Love you, parents. Love you, Pat and Lamar. I love you all so much. Um, this was amazing. Y'all are, are weird weirdos, and I love you for it. And thank you for raising the coolest kid who's my best friend um, on like the strangest things. And uh, I'm always happy to share them with her. Thank you. I also give this a five. This is an all-around five. Ding, ding, ding. I got it. Gore Fest continues with fives. <laughs> if you want a movie that's super gory, uh, that has a great 1960s time capsule feel to it, but really doesn't skimp, really gives you the blood that you want, this is the movie for you. Put it on at a party, show your friends. It's not, you know, we watched, we talked about Maniac last week. Like Maniac, not a good party movie, right? Like Maniac's going to kill that party. But this movie, lots of fun. This is fun hilarious. Gore versus like yeah, terrible yeah. gore. It's the camp. It's the camp. It's like a beach blanket movie with minus the like sing and dancing portion, just mm-hmm. like but with like blood instead. You know, like it's like trade trade in the singing and dancing for some weird bloody gory scenes. And that I think sounds kind of what me. it is, right? Like, I feel like yeah, that's the freak, vibe, right? Breaking in and Annette plus blood. That sounds pretty good. That's actually okay. I'm writing that one down. That's really hold on. That's there's like, got to uh, be that though. I mean, on. there's right. like. <laughs> We'll find it. We'll find it. It's uh, out there. If you know is. what those movies are, if you know a good one, uh, we'll say that. Recommend it to us. We're on the internet. It's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can also reach us out to us on our Patreon if you're a Patreon um, slash Horror Movie Survival Guide. Um, also, um, we have merch if you so choose to so get a little bloody with us. Uh, get some merch uh, at our Teespring store. Uh, anything else, Julia? Have a good week, folks. And think about how cool it is that people make these movies from the deep passion of their hearts that we get to talk about with our best friends. 
someone was like, hey, I got an idea, dude. And they're like, hey, what's that idea? They're like, hey, let's do this thing about Ishtar, but not. Um, and set it in the 60s. No. <laughs> no, you know but how these girls are going to have, have, have a party, you know, but it's like a dinner party, but it's like a wild dinner party. <laughs> well, but you know how the much, <laughs> yeah, how much blood, sweat and tears that it goes into making a movie. Like this is this is love. This is passion on screen. We appreciate that. So thank you for your passion for movies, for listening to us. Uh, have a fantastic Oracle Week, Disco Citizens. Yay, thanks, bye. Thank you for listening. Horror Movie Survival Guide is independently produced by Terry Gamble, Julia Marchesi, and Sierra Ryan. Hey, that's me. If you would like to support the show, find us on patreon.com slash horrormoviesurvivalguide.